0: Listener supported
1: WNYC Studios. From WNYC, this is Money Talking. I'm Charlie Herman. All this week, executives from the TV networks have been in New York City promoting their upcoming shows and returning series to advertisers and the media. It's called the Upfronts, and there are big, swanky presentations all over town at places like Radio City or Carnegie Hall or Geffen Hall. They're usually celebrities and big exclusive parties. Advertisers are expected to spend billions of dollars on these new shows, even as ratings are falling and how we watch network television is changing. With me to talk about where we're headed are two reporters who have been following The Upfronts, John Koblen with The New York Times and Joe Adalian with New York Magazine's Vulture.com. So you guys have been going through these presentations and watching them. What was the common theme, Joe, that you heard from The Networks?
0: Uh, The theme was we're more than just what you see on TV, that we are uh, making money uh, different ways. We're putting our programming out in different ways. It's not just about the linear experience. We can offer you, the advertisers, a million different ways to get viewers beyond just (laughs) the television screen.
1: John, that sounds like they're basically saying, yes, our ratings are falling, but don't pay attention to our ratings. Uh, They don't matter anymore.
2: Ratings definitely do matter, but they matter a lot less than they did five, six years ago. Les Moonves, chief executive at CBS, said that, you know, a few years ago, 70 percent of revenue was earned from advertising. Uh, I believe, and Joe, correct me if I'm wrong, this year it's at 50 percent. So advertising those are ratings. So ratings still do matter, but they matter a little bit less every year.
1: So then, Joe, how are the networks making up that loss of money if they're not getting it from advertisers?
0: Oh, well, you know, and, and Moonves, by the way, says that it could be down to 40% by next season. So it continues to go in the downward direction, making what happened at the upfronts feel a little bit sort of not irrelevant, but sort of like, well, hey, advertisers, you're not quite as important as you were. I would like to see if the shrimp cocktails are a little less fancy. <laughs> this year. Um, but, but they're making it up in a whole bunch of different ways. What they're doing now is they're sort of doing what HBO and Netflix have done for a while, which is own and control their own content. You know, another thing that Moonves said is, TV is no longer about the front end. It's about the back end.
1: And, and what exactly is that back end? Is that it's, it's is what that happens exact-
0: after the show airs on TV and now it's the opposite. All right, you make some money now, but then we'll sell it based upon people who watch the show three days later, seven days later, people who watch it on Hulu, people who stream it on uh, the CBS.com app or CBS All Access. And then eventually when it goes to Amazon or Netflix, so they, they want to control that all.
1: John, do the networks have really any idea how much their programs are being watched at all? And maybe they don't care. If, uh, if I've sold it to Hulu or I'm selling it overseas, it, it doesn't really matter whether 10 people watch it or 1,000 people watch it. It still
2: does matter if a lot of people are watching it. But what you hear more and more from network executives now is they say, we're looking at a bunch of different approaches. Yes, we're looking at the rating point. We're also looking, does it have social reach? Um, we're also taking a look at whatever digital statistics they do have. They can look at NBC.com and see how many people are watching an episode of This Is Us. They can look at statistics from Hulu. So all that adds up to a decision, do we keep a show on the air? How much do we market the show? Do we give it a precious good time slot? And yes, one thing that we heard throughout the week, time slots, as old-fashioned as that seems, still do matter.
1: It used to be that if you had a show and your ratings really plummeted that, okay, you're going to face cancellation. Now, they don't matter as much, how is that changing what networks are approving to put on air and keeping on air uh, because they think they could make money in other ways, shapes, or forms?
2: Well, to Joe's point, it's where ownership really matters. Uh, Take NBC, for example. They have a time travel show called Timeless. This is a show that they do not completely own and produce. And they announced its cancellation last week. Well, a bunch of fans online went into an uproar saying, why did you cancel the show? And this is something that networks have been dealing with for years. But they saw the uproar. They then talked to the studio that was making the show, got a deal that they liked, and they decided in an incredibly unusual about face to bring the show back.
0: Well, and see, and this is where I'm going to be very curious to see um, how this new reality sort of affects the kinds of shows networks program in other ways. You know, you also see NBC sort of going back to um, its sort of must-see TV roots with comedy or sort of the comedies they did about 10 years ago, right? But now you sort of see the network doubling down on shows like Great News, which have very small audiences. But maybe they think, well, you know what? This is a show that people are going to like five or seven years from now, perhaps when NBC has its own version of Netflix, which is something I also think is going to happen sooner rather than later. And you can start seeing them try to make shows that are not just guaranteed audience draws but shows that can be part of the conversation the one thing that we also didn't see a lot of we saw some hints of but we're still seeing a development process of the networks that's turning out stuff that honestly is pretty generic and that's the thing that networks need to step up their game on going forward and quickly which is how they develop shows and what kind of shows they develop because they're still making shows to some degree, for this hope that they're going to get that big, giant audience, that they're going to get that one in a million, this is us. That's never been harder to do than it is now. And I think the networks really need to sort of step up their game on that front.
1: When you look at the future of television, is its future actually going more niche, trying to compete with the Amazons and uh, Netflix of the world?
2: I think that could be true of everybody. I mean, if you consider the Emmys, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you, you watched the Emmys, you knew every show that was on. You knew every winner that was coming up to the stage. You watch the Emmys now, there's a good chance for major categories you either have never heard of the show that's on or the actress that's winning. One of the first times that happened was back in the early aught when Michael Chiklis won the Best Actor Drama Emmy for The Shield. And I've spoken to people who were in the room that day, and they said it was like a golf clap in the room. They were saying, what in the heck is this show? What is it's on FX, the movie channel? What is this? And I think we will see more and more of that where people have their favorites. I'll get to it eventually. And it will be a lot more niche.
1: So when you look at this year's upfront, what do you see as kind of the future for broadcast television? Uh, Joe, I'll start with you.
0: I think it's a combination of doing two things. One, more event programming, especially live programming. Do things you can't get on Netflix and Amazon. Do Rent Live, which is what Fox is doing, or Christmas Story, or Little Mermaid Live that ABC is doing. Do stuff that's big and bold and different. And yes, continue to make shows that people actually want to watch. There's no reason that these big broadcast brands can't transition themselves. They've got a lot of money and a lot of awareness. They just have to make shows
2: that work in today's environment. John? I think we will see a lot of music, speaking to Joe's point. I mean, there is musical-related shows all over the lineup. But I still think we're at a point of transition here and sort of a muddled transition because this week's upfront presentations were pretty lackluster. So I think it's going to take some time to
1: figure out what the future is going to look like. John Koblin is a media reporter for The New York Times, and Joe Adelian is the West Coast editor for New York Magazine's Vulture.com. Thank you both for joining. Thank you. Thanks. And I'm Charlie Herman, and this is Money Talking from WNYC.